0: Welcome to The Defoe Show. And a very special good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Defoe Show. And this will be a very special edition of our Degenerate Friday program. I'm Jeff DeForest along with one Mike Luby Lubitz. And we will cover all degenerate bases Here on the show today, Uh, we have so many different things to discuss and many experts are going to join us with a variety of different approaches to ways to either make you or separate you from your money. We can't (laughs) guarantee anything, but we have some pretty hot people going to be on the show, including we'll get into the ponies a little bit. As uh, we have the Florida Derby on tap, that's taking place tomorrow at Gulfstream Park right here in our hometown of South Florida. There'll be interest. There'll be eyeballs riveted to this race all around the universe. This is a big stepping stone, my friends, to that first Saturday in May, which is right around the corner, and an excellent field going postward for tomorrow's Florida Derby. That's going to go off pretty late as part of a 14-race card at Gulfstream Park, the lovely Kate and Brainard will join us. Of course, Kate and Brainard, uh, the top handicapper, uh, TVG, every outlet uh, on Kentucky Derby Day is looking for Kate's expertise and input into what's going on on the race. And beyond that, we know this, although she's reluctant to talk about that. Have you noticed it, Luby? Yep. That every time we drop the mention that Kate and Brainard is also a horse whisperer. <laughs> she talks to these animals. They oh, tell yeah. her if they feel good that day, if they're going to win. <laughs> But that's not really what we base her expertise on. Of course, uh, she's hit any number of gigantic tickets on TVG while the other guys are getting buried. That guy, Matt Carruthers, I don't know. I don't want to say Hitler Youth, but, uh, you know, because that's an ugly implication here. But uh, (laughs) may as well be when it comes to finances because he has put a lot of money up in smoke. And all these other guys are giving you pick six tickets and pick fives and twin pick tens. And uh, usually it's uh, cremation city, my friends just an outright burial that they're putting you into a body bag as soon as you anti up your money. But Kate and Brad are, are right on top of her game always. And uh, kind enough to join us uh, about half hour from now here on the program, analyze the Florida Derby card. And uh, I'm sure she'll be in attendance there and punching away as well. Mark Lawrence, playbooksports.com on the final four. Mark Lawrence, who has never picked a favorite. On this program, and has an upside record of substantial proportions. He'll be joining us—very authoritative, very numerology oriented—and you feel like you're talking to Bill James as he was thinking about putting together a Baseball Abstract. You'll love Mark Lawrence when he joins us here from PlaybookSports.com. He's been with us for a long, long time, and the professor with the big board is knocking it out of the park. Not a big fan, I, you know. And, and what's great about the professor and degenerates in general is, uh, you know, all emotions. Are cast aside. Oh yeah, all friction is cast aside. No one despises Coach K as he refers to him as Ratface, the professor, and has nothing but poison to lay out there when it comes to uh, (laughs) any kind of reflection on Coach K's reputation and/or his legacy. And yet, what did he do? He bet on Duke. In last volume. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because exactly. it doesn't matter when you factor in the point spread, that's all you really are concerned about. <laughs> exactly. So the professor will be joining us on the program as well. Now, we begin with a very big announcement here and uh, many things to theorize about on a degenerate Friday. And of course, uh, I'm on the threshold, the precipice of returning to the scene of the crime which is a constant reminder. You know what's been running through my head, Luby? What? And there are a lot of, uh, and I've mentioned this a few times, uh, there are a lot of great opening lines of books that are very distinctive, right? Uh, a lot of them kind of go back away. Call me Ishmael, Herman Melville, Moby Dick. Yep, you know yep. Melville wrote that book? Yes. I thought Herman Melville was a utility <laughs> short for the Mets in the late 60s. That really did. And now banning Herman Melville, number 28, Melville. <laughs>
1: the skipper for the 28 Tigers. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was Herman Melville. Anyway, he, he wrote the book Moby Dick, uh, and uh, Call Me Ishmael is the opening line, which I don't know why that's such a big opening line. I mean, uh, it seems pretty simple. It's not like the opening line of some porn books that I've read. Where the guy says something along the lines like, I've never tasted my own semen before. <laughs> and you're like, now that's an opening line. That's witty. <laughs> I think that was the beginning of Small Town Center. Actually, I think my father Small wrote that Town book, Sinner. Small Town Center under a pseudonym. <laughs> he was not proud of the work, but it was all he uh, could do to make money. money at the time after getting fired in a corporate takeover uh, at the place that he was working. And you know what? It wasn't so bad. He's sitting on the backyard typing, I've never tasted my own semen before. And bingo! all of a sudden, he's a millionaire.
1: Way to go, Dad.
0: May he rest in peace. I love you.
1: That's elite.
0: That was a classic, though, when I took a first date to uh, a movie at Syracuse University. It was uh, like my freshman year. And I was a little gun shy, believe it or not, Luby, when it came to women. and, And so it was sort of late in the year. And they had a double feature playing at the Ratskeller, which was the uh, student union building. And for some reason, uh, one of the movies was a movie called The Licorice Quartet, as in L-I-C-K-E-R-I-S-H. <laughs> it was fairly liberal. The uh, <laughs> student choices of the movies there, right? So we watched this like semi-disgusting movie that was made in Rome, and then sure enough, the credits roll, and uh, what's the first name that pops up? Screenplay by Michael DeForest. My <laughs> father. And a girl looks at me and goes, hey, look at that. This guy has the same last name as you. That's <laughs> my dad. I, I don't know him. I don't know him. <laughs> Never met the man. That. That's weird. <laughs> what an odd coincidence that might be. <laughs> Talk about a Southwest Airlines moment there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you just want to run out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, I was proud of the man. I mean, uh, of course, see, he was a great, great American. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, I mean, uh, you know, the other, you know, Tale of Two Cities, right? It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. What are we experiencing here on ION Channel? Best of times, worst of times, right? I go to the mailbox every day. Hey, any money coming in? No, nothing. <laughs> How am I going to finance my trip to Atlantic City? But, uh, you know, the all-time greatest line uh, to open any book, and the most true, although uh, well, you can make exceptions certain people, obviously, Kate and Bradar does not fall into this category, and that would be Andy Byer. I believe the name of the book was Picking Winners. It might have been his second book, but uh, and it had a forward by the great. I mean, you talk about a degenerate's degenerate, Pete Axtell. If anybody ever met Axe, you, you know what a great guy he was. He was one of those guys. It was sort of uh, similar to, and this is one of the great things about going to any racetrack in America is it, it's such a giant men's social clubs club uh, with, with really no barriers in, in terms of class or, uh, you know, level of dignity. Because, uh, you know, you'll walk up to the bar there. And uh, as I've told you many times, there's like Paul Harding with a stack of hundreds on the bar and he's buying drinks for everybody. And he's more than willing to talk about anything to anybody that happened to be around. And you're thinking, wow, that, that's the golden boy, for God's sake. Never mind, Oscar De La Hoya. You quit a rasker it's the golden boy, Paul Horning, sitting there, just holding court, right? And you, know, you would see uh, all kinds of uh, different people uh, hanging around at the bar. And, and there was nobody better to run into than the great uh, former sports writer. And, of course, he was big on NBC. I believe he was, uh, you know, he was the first guy to handicap on uh, ESPN also when handicapping was still taboo. Pete Axtel, who uh, checked out far too early uh, for uh, most of the people that knew him because uh, he was just a great guy, L- like the great Burt Randolph Sugar boxing guy with the fedora the and the cigar, you know him. I mean, they just turn out to be wonderful people, which is always a nice quality when somebody has that measure of celebrity status, and yet they're just like a regular guy. Kind of like you and me, Luby. Although we don't have that level of status yet, <laughs> although we're seeking it. <laughs> now, it's going to be hard to do because I have to, I have to make an announcement here. I had an epiphany on my walk of life yesterday. Okay. It's been a good ride. I mean, it really has. I started out in very humble uh, beginnings uh, at the Fontana Herald News, a 5,000 circulation daily. I didn't know what I was doing. I walked in there. You know, you naturally lie your way into the job. Oh, yeah, I've got experience. (laughs) I've done that a million times. And then you're there the first day going, "Uh, what the hell do I (laughs) do with this wire (laughs) cop? Oh, Supposed to, uh, you know, formulate some kind of page design and then take it to the back. I had no idea what I was doing. So I worked there for a couple of years and uh, that was great. And I moved on to another newspaper in California, a larger newspaper, had uh, better beats to cover. I was covering the Dodgers, the Angels, USC, UCLA. I mean, I got to be around a, a lot of really glamour teams in a glorious era for Los Angeles sports. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Look at USC alone. Right. Uh, You had uh, running backs. uh, one after another, Charles White, Ricky Bell, Marcus Allen. O.J. was there a little before that. I mean, just uh, incredible talent was going through there. John Robinson was one of the great coaches. So these were wonderful experiences uh, covering the Dodgers with Tommy Lasorda when he took over as manager. Uh, The Rams uh, weren't all that uh, back in the day. Uh, The Raiders had come to town. That was kind of an interesting thing when Al Davis. I mean, it it was a very, very exciting sports scene. And I I was thrilled to be a part of that. Moved to Miami, get like a 40-plus year career going in broadcasting where I got to do many of the things that I always uh, dreamed about doing. uh, Doing play-by-play on boxing, on national networks. Uh, traveling with teams, uh, Hurricanes basketball and baseball teams, uh, going to the College Baseball World Series, all kinds of major events. We went to, what, 12 straight Super Bowl? Yeah. Radio Rose there, Luby. We, yep. we met virtually everybody in the business. And, and I finally realized, uh, Luby, you know what? And, and people, look, they've been saying this forever. When are you going to retire, Defoe? (laughs) When are you going to hang it up?
1: Oh, God, please, God. You
0: old fat Jew, when are you going to just quit (laughs) with the same jokes, (laughs) the same shtick over and over and over again? (laughs) And so I'm walking my little four-mile jaunt yesterday, and on the way back while walking against a very stiff wind, Luby, I realized it's time to hang it up. Oh, yeah? It's time to go, yeah. Okay. Uh, In fact, this is going to be my last show. Okay. This will be it. I'm going to be off to Atlantic City tomorrow with uh, the Mustang, uh, once again invoking the theory that women and gambling don't mix, and that's a whole sucker story that we'll get into here in a few seconds. You guys kind of know it if you've been watching the show this last week, but I mean, what is the worst lure in all of gambling? The lure back to the scene of the crime. You finally took down some money, and they find a way to get you back there, which... Would I be going to Atlantic City this weekend when it's going to be beautiful here in South Florida? What for, right? I can do most of the forms of gambling right here. I could do in Atlantic City, but no! (laughs) Mustang's name is going to be in a barrel. And guess what? She has to be there personally to put it in there so that we can be one of like 2,000 people that are in a drawing for $50,000. Is it worth the shot? I guess. You can't win it if you're not in it. I think that would be the M.O. of most gamblers. But while I'm walking around yesterday and here, I, I should be excited. I realized that this is it. Even if I don't make this score in Atlantic City over the weekend, it's time to hang it up. So, Jack, thank you for the uh, format and the platform here. Ion Channel, Luby, it's been great working with you. I've enjoyed I think it. you're primed and you're ready, right? You were waiting for me to get hit by a bus. I
1: mean, honestly. But it's instead, been long since time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a much better I mean, way to honestly, go out. It's about time. So, uh, you know, as they used to say to you uh, when they were getting rid of you at, at uh, any job that I've been in in broadcasting, hey, you know what, DeForest, Defoe, your last show was great, it's your last show. and that was your last show. <laughs> so I think we're going to hit a, a height here today. Uh, of course, I say this, and everybody knows that I'm joking because I can't afford to quit. I was, I was going to say, "Hey, okay, is this
1: serious? <laughs> what the hell's happening? Is, the, is, the, is it caving in now? <laughs>
0: Why would you quit when we've been doing what everybody needs in terms of content for the last 40 years? It's just that people haven't realized it yet. You people that are watching this video right now, I mean, there has to be some television executive, some video streaming executive from Amazon or any of these outfits. Maybe Lebatar is watching a show there with his whole new big thing with $100 million (laughs) of DraftKings money. (laughs) Somebody's got to. I mean, I've been waiting for this day my entire career that I've been in broadcasting where some CBS radio executive gets in the car at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. It's stuck on the one station that the uh, car radio actually plays, happens to be the one I'm on. And the guy, uh, you know, is driving to his hotel as he's getting ready to cover, uh, you know, or attend some big event here in South Florida, like the Orange Bowl game or something like that, that uh, maybe their uh, network is broadcasting. He says, wow, where has that guy been my whole life? I'm waiting for that call. We're still
1: waiting. So, hi. We're here.
0: (laughs) But it could happen here. Uh, Of course, it's April Fool's Day today, first day of April. This year, 2022 is flying by, Luby. 2022. I mean, does the time just escalate in terms of uh, how fast it seems to be transpiring as you get older? Have you noticed that? Like a year when you were 15 uh, seemed like a century, didn't it? Right? Wow. I tell you what, it's only March. I can't believe it, man. I've already done so many things.
1: It's annoying because when you're growing up, it took forever. And now it's like 39, 50, 61. It's like, what the hell? Like, where the hell did the last decade go? I went
0: by, I blew by 70 in a hook. And I hadn't even really gotten over the hangover from the 70th birthday celebration in Las Vegas. (laughs) It hadn't happened (laughs) yet. But, uh, yeah, April Fool's Day, uh, of course, is today, and uh, we're already into April, and and that means a lot of different things. And in the broadcast industry, it used to mean that you had to come up with some kind of clever prank that you thought was just believable enough to hook the people in, but at the same time was virtually absurd, that there was really no (laughs) chance that this could happen. And uh, radio stations at one time, uh, you know, and I've worked at many of them, would encourage you to come up with something. And and then uh, later they panicked when the uh, cancer culture started. And, uh, and, you know, they became overwhelmingly paranoid about anything you might say that could offend anybody or any of the teams they carried, any of the players that were in town, any people in general. And all they wanted to do is not become Deshaun Watson and have like 22 civil suits facing you as you just sign a $210 million deal. With iHeartRadio.
1: Yeah, the last four or five General. years, we would get a memo the day before, like a yeah. serious ass memo. It was like, what do you think we're going to do? <laughs>
0: They would say, I mean, if you're going to play an April Fool's prank, it's on you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and your contract is hanging right here above the shredder, They're and it's like about them. to go in. The minute the first person calls it, just a stir by what you did, so we're going to just go ahead and drop this thing in there, and it's going to be confetti, my friends. Confetti, all that guaranteed money, Defo, whoosh, right out the window. Whoosh. Right out the window. That was instant replay I on that. I, uh, I feel it. like the officials at uh, one of these college basketball games. Yeah, we blew the
1: call, <laughs> but we're not going to change it. <laughs> that's that's the best.
0: Right, the guys in the second row. Uh, just took a charge, and uh, you know they called it a block, and then they go look at it for a half hour, and they come back and go, yeah, that was a block. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the line for two. Put another ten <laughs> seconds back on the clock. Like, what? What are you kidding me? Well, what is oh, the point of uh, looking back at this stuff? Anyway, uh, you know, and uh, I retired from April Fool's Pranks when we pulled off the ultimate one and involved one of our contemporaries here on the program. A guy that joins us every Tuesday, usually a longtime sports writer here, Harvey Fiancoff. And uh, now I had uh, gotten a a little bit of flack. Uh, We got a cease and desist from the Miami Dolphins many, many years ago. I was working on a show called The First Team with uh, Joe Rose and Steve Goldie Goldstein, two uh, accomplished and and, uh, very, very talented local broadcasters, and we were thrown together. It was uh, kind of an odd mix, and there was a lot of acrimony and hostility and jealousy and all kinds of crazy stuff going on with that team, but For some reason, people always liked the show. Maybe that was the kind of chemistry you needed to uh, generate interest in a program. I I just always wanted to go on the air and tell my jokes. That that was it, right? Have a good time. Analyze some sports. uh, Talk about the agony of defeat when it came to gambling. And, uh, you know, that that was where I was coming from. But uh, uh, we uh, went ahead and and I I thought this was a ridiculous premise where I uh, went on the air and said, oh, wow, look at this, Joe and Steve. This just came through. The Dolphins have traded Dan Marino straight up for Troy Aikman. Now, Marino was sort of towards the tail end. I mean, this uh, had to be like uh, 95 maybe. Towards uh, the tail end of his career. He retired in 99. But, uh, you know, he was starting to show signs.
1: Ninety, yeah. I
0: don't 90, know. Did Dan Marino really show signs? That, uh, you know, and the Dolphins weren't a good team. They couldn't run the ball. Don Shula, everybody thought the game had passed them by. Yep, I mean, yep. uh, every time you saw a picture of Don Shula, they put it right next to Chuck Knoll. <laughs> Right? It actually
1: did, it did <laughs> yeah. you think
0: shoes went to his grave resenting that right i mean uh, if he had a chance he would have slapped whoever's idea that was right in the face he wouldn't have been afraid to do it or giving him the jaw right i mean when you got the jaw from shula <laughs> you knew that he was upset uh, that was for sure but uh you know, so we we put that out there uh, early in the morning and uh, literally i mean the general manager was a pretty good guy and actually had done a lot of good for the people there right? even though he was a little bizarre he was a bit Strange and eccentric, as you might imagine people in this business have a tendency to be. And this guy, though, didn't rule from like an authoritarian type of position. He was more of a, hey, how you doing kind of guy. I mean, even though he didn't care what your answer was, he still seemed like he was a genuine people person. This day, steam is coming out of his ears as he pulls up. He never showed up at the station at eight o'clock. And he comes storming into this little dump of a studio that we had at the time. And, I mean, the the facility itself was an atrocity, although the station was doing very well. And he comes running into the room there where uh, the three of us are performing. And, and literally, with steam coming out of his ears and a face more red than Vladimir Putin's is every time he gets a military report out of the Ukraine. That well, What do you mean we're losing <laughs> and he, he looks at us he says if you guys don't stop this right now and issue a retraction you're all fired immediately immediately you know, i'm thinking really i mean uh people can't possibly believe this aikman for uh you know they know it's april fool's day uh, aikman for Merino. and uh sure enough uh, the dolphins had called this guy and, and gotten him out of bed and made him run to the radio station in his bentley and, and this dump of a facility that we were in in the middle of nowhere and uh, he, he climbs through all of his muck out of the parking lot and comes running into the studio because uh, the Dolphins themselves were getting flooded on the switchboard with ticket cancellations <laughs> because they couldn't stand <laughs> the fact that the fans actually believed this. Uh, so people were, okay. Take so them from Marino, straight
1: were, up. People were calling, because I remember the story, but I thought people were calling the bitch. People were actually calling and not talking about canceling, but actually canceling tickets in
0: the moment. yeah, <laughs> oh, no. That's we, we have a decent relationship with the Dolphins. I did a lot of stuff with these guys. Joe Rose was a Dolphin, for God's sake. Yeah, but Steve Goldie Goldstein, greatly admired, and uh, they're, they're screaming.
1: But you're you. screaming
0: a switchboard. Yeah, I mean, it blew out. I, David, if we that's... were doing this uh, as a video, it would have blown out the server. That that would have been it. Oh, my God.
1: that's Aikman
0: for Marino. Thousands of people were canceling but their season good, but tickets. That's
1: great. That's the best. You couldn't do any better than that, for people to actually take action on some dumb thing you said. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but God. we did
0: top it years later, and that's why I retired from the April Fool's uh, prank uh, business here. In, in yeah, we've never done one. Because never could you do better. Then uh, the uh, next one uh, that we tried, which was and I thought this was the dumbest one ever, where uh, I claimed that I was in a poker tournament at the Hard Rock uh, Casino, which had just really come into vogue. And I said that I ran into Doug Flutie, who was wearing uh, like a a Groucho Marx type of mask and nose and eyeballs and everything. And and yet I recognized him as Doug Flutie. And that Flutie told me he was in town. He was just playing a little poker to relax because the next day he was going to sign. To be the third string quarterback on the Miami Dolphins. Now he had already announced his retirement. Remember, yeah. he had the drop kick, extra point for Belichick, and yep, yep, yep. everybody said, "Hey, yeah, yeah, Doug, nice career." Yep. And so uh, I, I said this on the air, and now people were calling the show that I was on and saying, ha, <laughs> Defo, yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. April Fool's Day." Actually, calling the show and saying it. So I thought, well, that, that was kind of a lame one, right? Nobody's going to believe that Doug Flutie coming out of retirement like Roberto Duran to sign with the Dolphins to play one more season as a third-string quarterback, the chances of that were uh, Blutarski. Zero point zero. So the next day I got a call from a guy who had discussed this with me. Uh, We kind of came up with the prank together, uh, one of the salesmen, and and he's screaming at like 7 in the morning in my phone on a uh, Sunday morning. This show was on a Saturday.
1: We did it! We did it! (laughs) Like we did what? You Uh, forgot uh, about it. You forgot about it in uh, the show. (laughs) He says, go get your Sun Sentinel. Uh, the local Sun
0: newspaper. <laughs> so I go out to the driveway. At the time, I was subscribing to like three newspapers. I got the Herald, the yeah, Sun yeah. Sentinel, and the New York Post. Imagine that. Look at you. The nightmare of that delivery person. Probably thinking, what kind of lunatic is this guy? <laughs> Boys, he caught up in a time warp. Three newspapers? You have to be kidding me. Getting delivered, no less. And I pick up the paper, and there it is on about page eight of the sports section, an article by one of our contemporaries, Harvey Fialcoff, who was on the Dolphins beat at the time. And he actually had an article speculating whether Flutie was going to sign with the Dolphins, that there was a report out there. And uh, he had been unable to confirm it, but uh, there was a possibility Flutie was going to sign with the Dolphins.
1: There's a report out there. Wow, I mean, this made the newspaper.
0: <laughs> Jason Cole uh, will tell you that his uh, editor, when he was writing for the Herald, also asked him to explore this story. <laughs> How stupid were the people in charge of these sports departments that they actually assigned reporters, hey, how come you don't know about this? This was when, uh, I guess it's still in vogue, right, with ESPN putting up, Schefter has reported, no matter what it was, like. Like, they just had a press conference to announce that Bruce Arians was stepping down, and then yet Schefter has it as a scoop. Yes. He like, five minutes it. later. <laughs> hey, but look at this. Arians stepping down. We Adam saw Schefter that. is reporting. <laughs> Obsessed with this whole idea that they broke the story. So, I, I guess as part of that obsession at the time in uh, print journalism especially, they didn't want to get beaten out by anybody else. Uh, somebody, and, and look, look who's
1: reporting the story? Me. I just I, well, that's why they didn't say where it came from because they know no one would believe it. So they're like, reports are saying, reports are saying, yeah, <laughs> what well, reports? Who would believe up. it, right?
0: <laughs> Come up with two scoops in my lifetime, and uh, I, I, it's and not my game. Them. I don't attempt to do this. <laughs> but there was actually, uh, and I must have it somewhere. I'm gonna have to try to dig it up. Uh, there, there was actually a, about uh, you know uh, a third of a page dedicated to uh, the fact that Flutie might be signing with the Dolphins. And, and Harvey, uh, the writer, uh, had actually gone and talked to Flutie's parents who said kind of, well, we don't have any comment on that. Oh, no. Meaning that, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, how could they have a comment? It was impossible. It wasn't happening. It's not a thing. <laughs> what are you calling me for? What? Doug signing? What, what are you talking about? He's in Manitoba.
1: <laughs> Ice fishing. I don't oh, know. Oh, God, the that's doing. the best. I love that. I love that. Anyway,
0: that was the best one. So I, I retired after that. After I, I, an April Fool's prank was reported as if it was news in the local newspaper when it was obviously complete BS, uh, I thought, I'll never be able to do any better than that. So so we kind of got out yeah, of we've now, it. we've never done it. And never. Here's, uh, you know, uh, we mentioned the Andy Byer thing. Women and gambling don't mix. Now, I, I, I know you don't feel strongly about this move. But uh, what do you done. do in this situation? Uh, the Mustang, <laughs> having hit a, a major jackpot two weeks ago, in Atlantic City. Now, major to me is like 250 grab. Okay. Although there's nothing wrong with taking down. I mean, when do you ever see a slot machine pay off uh, to the tune of like 10,700? I'd say,
1: I'd say over 2,500. I would say 2,500 or more. Like when you get into thousands, it's not the professor and I will talk about this. It's not a life changing score, but right. it can have an effect on your life.
0: Like $250. Okay, yes, because you're going to party for like two <laughs> weeks. I would pay bills. And not it. give a flying <laughs> one about anything. Yeah, yeah, I got the check. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, oh, what was? Oh, it's only 600. Here you go. Take take two for yourself. Right? You get the I I, I don't know. I mean, it, it I, I put that uh, you know, we we call that cookie jar money. I have like uh, yeah, still payable. have like a decent amount of sticks in a cookie jar from this uh, last episode that we had uh, after uh, the big score there in Atlantic City, but Oldest trick in the book. We've been talking about this. I mean, uh, just picture the scene in Casino when the Japanese whale is going out to the plane and Rickles is telling him, "Ah, gee, I I really don't know what happened here. You know, the mechanic just called me. He said there's some kind of a problem with the wing. The wing. (laughs) I I wouldn't want to fly on this thing. I mean, uh, but we're going to fix it up. We'll have a new plane in here tomorrow. So uh, we've got you in the suite tonight. And uh, what do they do? Just when he thought he was out, they lure him back in. And they know the gambling, uh, you know, self-sabotage mentality, which is, uh, okay, you're not content to walk away with their money. You know you're going to dabble in a little bit of gambling. All of a sudden, you're going to start, you know, they're hoping that you start out winning while you're playing small, which the guy was. And then, of course, he not only drops the million that he had won at the Tangiers, but he drops another million back. Am I not walking into that? I'm, I'm walking in. You know, Aaron Pryor came right across the ring, and, and before uh, the, you know, the guys even had a chance to maybe touch gloves or acknowledge each other, boom, the right hand. Yes. Right in the face. Yep. He would come right running across the ring when he fought Arguello with the Orange ball, 1982. He, he runs across the ring and uh, just uh, throws a, a giant bomb right away. Nice. And you're thinking, my God, I mean, that's a way to start a fight, that's huh? Yep, yep. Way to do it. And, and and you would walk into this thing, and he would knock a lot of people out very early on. The great Aaron Pryor, uh, one of the most underrated boxers of all time. Uh, very sad ending to uh, his story. I think he ended up homeless and sleeping under bridges in Miami. And, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I I, I, I want to say, is he still around, Aaron Pryor? No, Not Richard Pryor. We know he's gone. Aaron Pryor, the boxer. Uh, I, I want to say that he checked out, but I don't want to... I don't want to put a guy in his grave if he's uh, not already there. Let, yeah, let's hope he's rebounded well.
1: He, no, he's passed. In October of 2016, he passed.
0: Okay, yeah, very sad ending to yeah, uh, what what could have been a brilliant career. He wasn't the most well liked guy. Uh, he was kind of a character. I mean, he wasn't quite Adrian Broner, uh, hatred uh, you know uh, generating. But uh, you know, uh, not not as many people were fans of Aaron Pryor as probably should have been. Uh, due to his level of greatness uh, in the sport. And, and that fight with Arguayo with the orange ball was an all time classic. And, and still, probably the biggest question about that fight wasn't what Panama Lewis had in that bottle. I want the bottle that I mixed. Remember that uh, exchange in the corner? It was how did a young DeForest get seats in front of <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, in front of Dustin Hoffman ringside, which is evidenced by any video that you see of that fight. Go back to Arguello uh, prior one, you'll see, a, you won't recognize me.
1: You'll recognize Hoffman, though,
0: <laughs> who aged a lot better than I did. <laughs> that, that, that's for sure. But I mean, uh, do you find the uh, look? The gods of gambling are, are probably cracking up, thinking, <laughs> <laughs> Defoe, you couldn't leave well enough alone, right? You yep. know that's a scam." Yep. When have you ever run on any kind of lottery drawing? When have you ever bought a scratch-off ticket in, uh, like, in our case, the Florida Lottery and had it hit? Never, right? You're thinking, okay, uh, my friend just told me he won thousand dollars on one of these scratch-off tickets. So you go in there, you buy twenty bucks worth, or the Powerball jackpot gets up, and, and this is uh, good for people in many, many states where they combine the whole thing. Powerball uh, jackpot ratchets up to two hundred million. So you're thinking, well, it wasn't worth my time playing for fifty million, but now that it's two hundred, I'm going to start sticking twenty dollars every time they have a drawing in there until all of a sudden you're, you're out like two hundred, and you realize, well, what a waste of time that was. In fact, I went for a long series of tickets where I never even drew one number. I spring for 20, Luby, on the thing. I buy 10 tickets. Now, what are my chances? Your chance is like one in 300 million. Perfect odds to play into. Are we playing into those odds betting against Coach K in the Final Four, which I'm going to do in both games? If he makes it to the second game, I will hammer Kansas if they beat Villanova. Many people are telling me that, uh, and, and I'm imagining that Mark Lawrence, when he comes on the show, well, like Villanova, the impossible team to see, coming up and covering a point spread. Villanova, without their uh, one of their best players in there. I mean, uh, did the uh, they have another Archie Diacanu on the team, right?
1: Okay. How many it...
0: Archie Diakonus uh, were there? I mean, uh, and, and is the other guy a coach? Was it Archie Archie Diacanu? who had some kind of weird first name to go along with? A, oh, a God, very bizarre a last question. name. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The, the kid that uh, was a I big know, factor when Villanova star. won the championship. Yeah. In Houston. That was that final four we attended. We were there, yeah. Yeah, but they have another one. I, I I don't know. Jay Wright, great coach. No doubt about it. I mean, uh, can, can he, uh, as uh, Dick Vitale would say, flat-out coach? Yeah, he can. But I, I don't know. Can they beat Kansas? Kansas looked like – they really did. They looked like Max Baer in there uh, against uh, James J. Braddock in that one round uh, where you thought, my God, how on earth is this guy going to beat the other guy? But, uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, we have to run. It's a lot of fun being with you. I'm not retiring. I just want to clarify that right away. Have, <laughs> look You're at me, freaking people. freaking We
1: have this whole talk. Control. I'm wearing a on.
0: schmata here on the show. I can't afford to retire. <laughs> if I were thinking about it, though, I probably would uh, do it uh, because I had made a giant score in the Florida Derby. And that's what we're aiming to do for you guys. I'm trying. As we'll introduce the lovely Kate and Bradar in just a few minutes here on the program. And she's going to help us handicap what should be a wide-open race. Uh, it looks to me to be – and I have my uh, pick, and he's 30-1 to 1, based on music. Clapton is going to be my pick in the race. So we'll see if Caten has any mention of that horse or if she immediately dismisses him as an impossibility <laughs> before we even have time to welcome her to the show. Coming back with that uh, in a moment. Uh, highly apart, open, ready for business. They're open to 5 a.m. on the weekends. Great casino. You're talking about a place uh, where you can gamble your brains out, have a good time, have a chance to win. I would imagine if they brought back all their jackpot winners, the place would be jammed, right? Yep. You'd yep. have to pick a number to get in because uh, Steve Calibro wouldn't have it any other way. Beautiful Hylia Park, still as beautiful as ever. The inherent beauty is evident. You wish they were racing there, but uh, they actually are, because you can go bet the simulcast of the Florida Derby and the whole card and all the great racing action over the weekend in the champion simulcasting room. Play poker, get yourself something great to eat or drink, all at reasonable prices, not ballpark prices, as we say. Make your plans, clear your social calendar, plan a visit to beautiful Hylia Park. Speaking of beautiful, Kate and Braid are going to join us next. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to Cate and then, of course, uh, later on, baskets with the professor and Mark Lawrence on a deal. Volkswagen Degenerate Friday here on Ion Channel. I'm Jeff DeForest, and he is Mike Luby Lubitz. Now, the oddball thing would be if you ended up retiring on Monday and never made the announcement, just disappeared. Some people might be rooting for that, uh, as yeah, they were with me. <laughs> we, we excited a lot of people when I said this was my last show. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.